All right, guys, back here on Southeastern 14 with Max Barr, uh, sharing our reaction to the Saturday slate in SEC oh, yeah. basketball, seven games uh, as usual. Lots of uh, fun and wild storylines coming out of it. But before we get there, as always, let's tell you about our friends at Bet Online. As you know, uh, it's playoff time in the NFL, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas. For the championship game, uh, our partner Bet Online, your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines, everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, which I know Max and I are big fans of the Gatorade color bet. Uh, I do it every year. Uh, <laughs> bet Online, the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get out on all the action. Bet Online, where the game the, the game starts here. I'm going red or orange this year on the. Uh, I like Gatorade. the national anthem length, but that's, that's I, another I, good one. That's, That's a good one. good one. Yeah. yeah. So always take the, I don't know. It, it sometimes is different. Who's singing the national anthem this year? You got to do your research on, on the singer. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. Let us know which bets you're taking there with our friends <laughs> at bet online, but let's get into these games here. Uh, there were, as we said, the usual Saturday slate. And we start with one of a few blowouts on this uh, slate, LSU 95, Arkansas 74, so for everyone who thought that uh, our predictions, Max, of us all picking LSU, game one, we officially kind of throw the curse out the window, at least for, for game one, with LSU taking care of business here. And, I mean, what what else do you say? I know, you know Chris and I were going back and forth earlier in the week, I think, maybe it's on the reaction video or something, but he's like, maybe you're starting to see Arkansas turn a corner or something like that. I'm like, Chris, I can't go there. I just, I can't do it. I said, I, we said this after, you know, the A&M game or whatever, and this just felt like a bad spot because what was it, right? Coming into the game, LSU had the week off. They didn't play the midweek game. Um, they're sitting back just waiting on this Arkansas team that I know just built a little momentum at Missouri, but that's the theme, right, Max? I mean, it's just this team has not been consistent all year long. LSU comes out, does whatever they want offensively here. They shoot 57% from two, 52% from three, 89% from the free throw line. Um, you know, turnover 11 times, which is not bad. Huge Will Baker game here, 25 points. Uh, Jalen Cook with 20 off the bench. So, I mean, this was kind of the, the same story for Arkansas. But for LSU, a very promising performance here. Uh, because remember, this was a team that had lost three in a row, lost a couple close games in there against AM and Georgia, uh, but back on track with a huge week coming up this week uh, at Tennessee and home against Alabama. What a performance from Will Baker and Mike Williams. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Eight threes combined. You don't even, you only get one from Jordan Wright. You don't get anything from Tyrell Ward. Jalen Cook has a very nice game also, 20 points. But this LSU team, they can shoot the lights out. They're, they're a very sneaky, dangerous team, especially to play at their place. Because saw it against uh, when they hosted Ole Miss. Saw it when they hosted uh, A&M. This team can knock down threes, and they can really space the floor. Um, I like how you said st same story for Arkansas. I don't really, I don't even really know what to say. They keep pulling me in, and I'm I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist. I'm always gonna, if it's ninety yeah, percent bad, I'm gonna look at that ten percent good. They they snuck me after the A and M win. They snuck me again, creeping back in after they played good against Kentucky. Yeah, now I'm now I'm sinking back down again. Um, no, no Brazil, obviously, but I don't know what the story is with him. His his knee's been acting up a lot. Um, 
But I, I think this is just more of a more of an LSU had a, had a great game offensively than than anything. Even uh, with Reed and Williams in foul trouble, LSU looked good. So I was watching this game early, and I was <laughs> we, we we're going to say this about a few games, Blake. But the amount of texts that got set in our group chat yesterday of if these this team keeps shooting like this, they're winning it all. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was my exact quote. If LSU keeps shooting like this, they're winning the whole thing. Yeah. They're winning the national championship. Um, but, yeah, just upcoming schedules quickly. Arkansas, two home games. Or, excuse me, they they get the, the week off, the basically. Week. Yep. So they get the full week. They play Georgia next Saturday at home. Then they uh, host Tennessee the following Wednesday. So that's two back-to-back home games there. But LSU's the team to watch. And I said this, I think, in the mailbag or whatever. Maybe it's another video. We do so many. I can't keep up. Um they're at Tennessee, home against Alabama. Then they're at Florida, at South Carolina, home against Kentucky, home against Mississippi State, home against Georgia before they get the bottom three teams to finish the season. So, hey, there's still a shot for LSU. If they were to go on a streak here and win some of these games against the top-tier teams, maybe they start to get into that conversation a little bit. Uh, don't discount it if they go on a run here, but it will take them winning uh, quite a few of these games based off of that. So, um, hey, the Tigers are 4-4. Four and four an SEC play right now. Like that's not a bad spot to be in. Um, so, but again, a very tough upcoming schedule. Well, Blake, the if, they, if they can snag a few of those, their final yeah. four games are Georgia, Vandy, Arkansas, Mizzou. Well, that's the thing. Um, but she, that, but that's also can be problematic in that those wins aren't going to do a whole lot for you. So right. it's like, and two of those are on the road. So like you drop a, uh, drop a game to Vanderbilt or Arkansas. Yeah. Not good. Like you got to win both of those and you got to yeah. beat Missouri and you really need to beat Georgia. But that's where like you've got the six games coming up next where I don't know what the number is. Like it's too hard to know right now, but there's there's a path. It's just you're going to have to do, you know, you have to win the majority of these games and probably an extra one or two more. So um, five and one would be great if you're LSU, but it's that's a tough thing to ask, I think, with the slate. So. All right. South Carolina fans, it's time. I mean, at some point, as I said, the the two, I was going to say the two guys you see on the screen. No, just the, <laughs> the one guy you see on the screen and the other guy you don't see on the screen um, have got to come around to my ways here. Although I know Max had a strategy, okay? And he will bring it up in a second about picking against the Gamecocks, who wins 72 to 62 on the road at Georgia. I said it. I'm not picking against this team the rest of the year until they lose. Because they are just, they're doing the same thing every single game at this point. And there's no reason for me to pick against them. Spoiler alert, they got Ole Miss and Vanderbilt coming up next at home. I'll go ahead and reveal my picks right now, <laughs> if you want me to, Max. Like, I don't even need to have the suspense. But, I mean, look, it, I, it's the same story. Like, it's rinse, repeat. That's all they're doing. They're doing the same thing every single game. Look at how many points they've given up in the past. Whatever. I mean, we said defense... Here, here it is, okay? SEC games. They gave up 62 to Mississippi State. Let's, let's go past the Alabama game for a second. They gave up 69 to Missouri. They gave up 74 at home to Georgia in that loss. They gave up 64 to Arkansas, 62 against Kentucky, 64 to Missouri, 59 to Tennessee, who just scored 103 on the road against Kentucky. And then they gave up 62 to Georgia. And oh, by the way, the 74 against Alabama – I'm pretty sure, Max, let me look at this. Uh, I don't want to say this wrong, but yeah, that's the lowest Alabama has scored. Oh, man. Like that may be tied for the lowest Alabama scored all season. So, I mean, 
there's your story for South Carolina. Like it's it's plain as day. This team is winning with their defense. Mr. Big Shot Talon Cooper stepping up making shots. Mr. Big Shot everywhere on this team stepping up and making shots to kind of, you know, pull this game away a bit. And I don't know how else to say it, man. It was, I, don't, I remember the commentary was like, somebody made a play. It may have been BJ Mack or it may have been, I don't remember who it was. Um, somebody made a play. Maybe it's Josh Gray. Um, and they're just Get like, that's a grown man. Like this is a team of just grown men. Like that, that's what you're playing against here with South Carolina. And they're just going out and beating everybody. So they do it again, Max. I don't, what else do I add here? Like it's the same formula. They have just perfected it at this point and they're just making people pay. I'll tell you what, Blake, you said you have your picks on South Carolina for the next week. So do I. And so I'll, do I'll, you. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I didn't pick again. I didn't pick South Carolina here. I picked Georgia, and I'll tell you why. Lamont Paris, he he is just starving for doubt. He wants as many doubters as he can get, and they feed off of it and they prove you wrong every time. Well, guess what? I'm a believer. I'm bought in. <laughs> but just to entertain Lamont Paris, I am going to keep false doubting him to give him motivation to keep winning games. I love this team, and so does Lamont Paris. Said it in his post-game press conference, said we've got a special group. He said, I really love these guys. They love each other. You can you can tell how connected they are. Um, we call, well, we, I say we, I call Zion Pullen, Mr. Cool, call, cool Calm and Collected. Well, Blake, I think we've just dubbed Talon Cooper Mr. Big Shot. Listen to the listen, listen to these three pointers. Listen to this game, this this game log of three pointers: three of four, four of five, two of three, two of four, three of three. The guy doesn't miss. He, he does only not, takes big shots. He like just, that's all he, he does. He's just there for big shots. That's all he and he bangs them. <laughs> Eight assists, only two turnovers on the road. Come on, this team is tough. They're together. They're for real. Top twenty-five team. Come on. Yeah, like it's it's time to get serious, folks. It's time. Like, <clears throat> I told someone that I was maybe yesterday. I'm like, we're at the midway point of the season. This is no longer like South Carolina has lucked their way into this, or maybe they're no. not for real. They're seven and two in the SEC. <clears throat> they're 19 and three overall. It's time to get serious. Like yes. South Carolina is no longer like, will they get to the NCAA tournament? Are they legit? They are a legitimate SEC title contender now. Yes. Like, they are seven and two. Auburn is seven and two. Alabama is eight and one. To me, those are the three teams that you're looking at right now. Tennessee six and two as well. But keep in mind, Tennessee lost to South Carolina. Of course, they beat Alabama, but Alabama's still a game up. Um, so yeah, I mean, so they are in a really good spot right now. And remember what I said a minute ago. They're hosting Ole Miss and Vanderbilt this week. Like there is a chance. You don't want to get too excited, but there is a chance that. Remember who Alabama's playing this week. Like, remember, there's some tough games coming up for the rest of this group. Auburn's playing Alabama. Like, somebody's going to lose, so somebody's dropping a game. And meanwhile, look where South Carolina sits with <laughs> one of the more favorable schedules of the upcoming week. So, it's time, everybody. Like, we we have, you know, we've revealed who our father is. And we know that Lamont Paris has got this thing going. And it's time to stop doubting it. Like this is this is a team that is legit. They are executing the game plan to perfection. He is doing a masterful job 
as a coach. And what else do you say uh, except for it's another big win for South Carolina on the road? I mean, how many SEC teams have won back-to-back road games this year? Not many. I haven't looked, but I'm willing to bet there's not many that have won back-to-back road games in this league. And, you know, they've won four four road games, period, of their seven wins. So, yeah, it's time with South Carolina. We'll get more into them on the power rankings, but um, another win for the Gamecocks there. Okay, then there's this game. Uh, Vanderbilt 68, Missouri 61. All right, so I told you what was going to happen here. I mean, I, I I tried again. Look, my picks were going well early on. There's only one team that threw me off on my picks, but I, I just told you guys that I, I know how this works. Vanderbilt at home has played some close games at times this year. The Alabama game stood out. Um, you know, Tennessee and Auburn games a little bit further away, but this was not Tennessee and Auburn. This was a Missouri team that struggles to score. It's what we keep talking about. They just they're missing pieces on the offensive side and I just said, I felt like this was a great setup for Vanderbilt. Uh, now, wasn't feeling so great after Missouri jumped out to a huge lead early. They're up 20 to nine or whatever. And I'm like, wait yeah. a second, Missouri's found their offense. You know, they scored 20 points in the first you know, seven minutes or six minutes, whatever it was. <clears throat> but it just it wasn't going to continue because that just been the case for Missouri. They just have not been good enough there. And of course, we know it's still a team that has issues defensively. So, what else do I say? Congrats to Vanderbilt on their first SEC win. Missouri is still searching for one. <sighs> Max, we got to get this Missouri team SEC win somewhere. Um, we got to. We got to. But it didn't come here. And again, this was, again, uh, let's just say what it is. Like Vanderbilt, they needed this as bad as anything. Like they needed something positive to lean on heading into a matchup with a, a very angry Kentucky team on Tuesday. Well, if you're if you're searching for Missouri's first win, it might come this next week. They get two straight home games. Yeah. Um, so I you, don't know, man. Come, glass half full. Glass half full. I, my optimism for my client here. Um, <laughs> I just I don't know if I have any right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, Noah Carter got off to a great start, um, but just it there wasn't enough consistency over the course of the game. I thought Tyron Lawrence was great despite not really shooting the ball, the ball well from outside. Um, and they finally got that bench scoring did Vandy. They got Isaiah West had 12 points was knocking down threes. Like it was nothing. Um, JRT only played a few minutes. So you can still see that. I mean, he was, he was what starting every game leading up to this SEC yeah. play. So still changing around the lineup. Um, I mean, yeah, Blake got this one right, and I can't believe that. I can't believe that we both picked Missouri, and I don't know why I picked Missouri, but did not play. Uh, did not play Tassos. No, ta- I mean, like I don't really know what's going on with the with the Vandy lineup, but hey, whatever. They, what works works, and they got to win. And hey, something to build on, a little bit of a confidence booster, but I don't have much. I mean, no. Yeah, it is what it is. These two teams would take anything, like I said, at this point. Um, and, of course, Vanderbilt getting the one at least gives them something. Again, for Missouri fans, Only I know. Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I just – yeah, I don't know what else to add on either side, really. I mean, these are two teams that are still, you know, going to finish in the bottom four of the SEC. And, yeah, um, yeah, it's just uh, – it's a grind this season for both. So, we'll see. But um, – I will not keep repeating what I, you know, 
I know one of the issues for Missouri, but you know, in hindsight, this roster just was not built probably to even with those two guys, you know, this wasn't going to be a roster that was probably going to finish in the top half of the league. Um, so, cause it just hasn't, you just haven't had those guys kind of outperform expectations where like last year, it felt like almost everyone yeah. outperformed expectations this year. It's yes. You've got the Shawnees. You've got guys like that. Bates, of course. Um, but it's just the combination is not, it's not clicked. Um, and yeah, they're just lacking in a lot of areas. So, We'll see how both teams uh, move forward, but the victory for the Commodores, and as we said, they will host uh, Kentucky on Tuesday, Missouri. Meanwhile, two home games, A&M and Mississippi State. All right, let's move on to this next one, which uh, this, was, this is one of those games. I feel like, you know, Max always hypes up how exhausted he's going to be after some of these games. This was this was definitely one of those exhaust, you know, exhaustion-level games with Texas A&M getting the 67 67- 66 win over Florida. Um, look, you and I, you know, we teed it up, Max. We, I know Chris picked Florida, but you and I said this just felt like a spot for Texas yep. A&M more than anything. It was the spot. It wasn't necessarily that we thought it was going to be pretty for A&M or that we thought A&M was a significantly better, or maybe even a better team than Florida. But it just felt like the spot was there for the Aggies to f- understand what was at stake here. We mentioned there's a team that came in three and four, Really needed a win. Florida was coming off the high of winning Kentucky. Not that anybody wants to lose, but they kind of could afford a loss based on their upcoming schedule. They get two home games coming up. Or excuse me, they got the the, the week off, midweek off too. So they play Auburn next Saturday. They get another game against LSU. But this was, I don't know what to say. This is a weird game. Like it, It's kind of what we expected with these two. Like Florida gets the big lead. And, and you think about it, right? It's, if you're Florida and you're building a big lead against Texas A&M, you feel pretty good because this is yeah. an A&M team we talked about that offensively just, you know, not all there sometimes. And still, I mean, you know, 415 from three, bad from the free throw line. They shot 63% there. So it wasn't like this was just some kind of, you know, artistic performance from Texas A&M. Like they weren't just, you know, everything was perfect. But yet, you know, Tyrese Radford just takes over 26 points in this one. Um, and I don't like, I'm trying to even think about how do you break down kind of this game and where it kind of fell apart for Florida. I know they had some careless turnovers at times. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I, I don't know, Max, it's like that. I feel like we're getting sort of a similar theme with Florida sometimes where they, they get hot and then they just get cold. Right. I mean, they had 40 points. Like we said, was it 40, 27 and a half, 40 something at halftime. Um, but at 40 in the second half. Yeah. They just couldn't, they couldn't score enough points in the second half to, to be able to, you know, kind of counter what A&M was doing and specifically with, uh, with Rafford. Yeah. I thought in the second half, they kind of shot themselves out of it a little bit. Um, and they kind of saw that against Kentucky too, when they hosted Kentucky and they were making everything early and then just, they kind of just settle on a, on a few possessions and, and that leads to their defense, not getting sat and, and, you know, the, the chain reaction that a bad shot has um, as a Texas A&M minus one and a half better. This game absolutely crushed my soul. Mm. Um, but what a great win for A&M when they needed one. This is the, but this is the thing that we, I feel like we're starting to just see a pattern with A&M and we've been talking about it and talking about it, but they're not going to shoot well from three and they're not going to make free throws. So the way that we've seen this team win is either Wade Taylor Tyrese Radford or both of them 
have to go off. That's the that's it's kind of all we're that's kind of the only way we're seeing. It. I mean, er, earlier in the season, Henry Coleman would have you know these big performances and whatnot, but in SEC play, I mean, the margin the margin of error for this A and M offense is just, you need one of Radford or Taylor to put up twenty five plus, or you're not winning the game, and, and it's just kind of like the yeah. same old thing every time we we. We in the preview will be like, well, AM's not going to shoot the ball well, but they're probably going to rebound and they're going to scrap and make things tough and get to the free throw line. That's what we saw. You know, it's pretty much going to be what we see every time here. I'm not, I'm not down on 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 Florida. I thought they should have, they should have kept the lead. But I mean, coming off of back to back overtime wins, just you know, you were in for an emotional letdown just with kind of how the way this thing goes. So. Good one for AM when they needed it. Still have concerns about the same stuff going into the game that I still have coming out. Um, but they they do have a nice little schedule here set up with an away game at Mizzou and then hosting Tennessee on Saturday. Huge game on Saturday. Yeah, Florida, as you said, sort of just got to a point where it just it got stuck. Um, yeah, offensively, where it's let's see, I'm looking here, I'm trying Pulling to remember exact turnovers, kind of uncharacteristic. Yeah. So they had 52 points with 13.50 left in the second half. They had 55 points with seven and a half minutes left. So like they went a full six minutes with only scoring two or three points. So, um, yeah, so they just they got stuck and that sort of allowed A&M to make that run that they did. I remember exact number, but yeah, A&M started to push it out, took a four point lead in there somewhere. And then, yep. of course, it was close the rest of the way. So big win for A&M. They needed that. We'll see if they Florida. Did. Can bounce back. Big game coming up against Auburn uh, here to start the week. So, speaking of Auburn, what a segue. The Ooh. Tigers, 91, Ole Miss, 77. Um, boy, this was one that <laughs> escalated quickly, as Ron yeah. Burgundy would say. <laughs> um, boy, this game went from you're feeling really good about Ole Miss to, whoa, where'd that come from uh, with Auburn, especially on the road, right? As everybody's talking about, it's like, Hey, it's not that they did it. They did it on the road this way. Um, yeah, I mean, they were that first half. You're thinking, I don't know how Ole Miss could have played better, but then you could have looked at it and said, well, maybe that's going to be the story of the second half is, yep. you know, they're just not able to sustain that and they couldn't and give Auburn a lot of credit. That's a team we picked on for the shooting. They hit 12 threes in this game, but even bigger than that, here's what I think is important about the 12 threes that they got. They got it from, what, three, six? They got it from eight different players. So eight different guys hit a three in this game for Auburn. That is a significant thing because, as we said, it's a team that prior to this had shot so poorly in those two road games last week against Alabama, Mississippi State, 5-25, 6-24. They got 12-27 here. Um, you know, Ole Miss still got its usual percentage, uh, 42% from three, but it just was not going to match what Auburn was doing, and that's the dangerous thing. And we've said it, if this team's hitting shots from outside, if they're passing the ball the way they were here, 25 assists for Auburn in this game. Um, so you just think about that. Guys are hitting shots from outside. How do you guard them? And that's kind of what Ole Miss ran into here. It's, you know, you've got everything you've got to deal with, with Broom and the rebounding, all those things that come along with playing this Auburn team. The depth, of course, we always talk about. But if they're hitting shots from outside, good luck, because there's not going to be many teams out there that beat this team when they're doing that. Um, and so – a great, great road win for Auburn, remember, against a team that had not lost a home game prior to this. Yeah, I think we got a uh, question in our, our mailbag. It was either this past mailbag or, or last week's mailbag, but it was um, 
what type of teams in the NCAA tournament will the SEC teams want to avoid? You know, looking for like the bad matchups. Ole Miss wants to avoid this exact type of team, a team with front court depth and back court depth. Two things that Ole Miss does not have. And when Auburn is hitting their shots, we've seen them in, you know, obviously we've been harping on them, but we've, we've seen them, you know, when they're not hitting shots, kind of struggle and get into offensive ruts. But when they're hitting shots with the, with, with the constant depth they have, the never fatigued, it's just they just pour it on and pour it on. Uh, Chris Beard said in his post game that he thought in the second half, um, Auburn's ability to just rotate and just rotate and rotate really played a factor. Said his guys were getting real tired and just couldn't keep up the pace uh, with with how many guys Auburn subbing in and out. Uh, Jamarian Sharp, no, uh, out with a sickness, wasn't an, wasn't an injury. He's just day to day with sickness, but you know, you would have liked to have his presence down low, but still he hadn't been playing much past few games. I'm not sure how much of a difference he would have made. Um, but yeah, this Auburn team just has this, this Ole Miss team number. It's a bad matchup and Auburn, you know how much they needed an, in a away win. They just were just needed it so bad especially coming into this florida or this alabama game coming up on wednesday this was a must type of win on the road and and they got it for for ole miss uh it you know a little bit disappointing after the first half you know you you have you have them on the ropes you have a chance to to win a huge one at home in front of this amazing atmosphere and and you know you let it slip away in the second half unfortunate but not the end of the world um I think, you know, what you see is what you get with this Ole Miss team. They're going to knock down their threes, but they're going to struggle against teams that can really uh, get out and run and, t- and test their depth. Yeah, remember in this game, too, uh, Janai Broom did not score in the first half, got in foul trouble, finishes with 15 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, and three blocks for a guy not that, did not, that did not really, you know, was not much of a factor in the first half. So just keep that in mind. Um, he is so, good. so he's he's tremendous. Um, and also Auburn fans, you're welcome. As I told you in the prediction video <laughs> that Chris and I did, I said, uh, I'm picking against you because I know you want me to pick against you. I went with Ole Miss. It did feel like a, a pretty good spot for the for the Rebels, given that they were undefeated at home. Auburn struggled on the road. But the Tigers flex their muscles here on the road. Big win. Oxford. Big win. All right. Uh, speaking of, they will have a matchup with Alabama, as we know, coming up. Uh, big game. Speaking of Alabama, 99 to 67, the victory over Mississippi State here. I, what what do I say? Like I just 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 loop what I say all the time about Alabama. Just go back to the first time I said it and just play that exact clip because that's all I got. I mean, this is what happens when this team gets going offensively. They're better than anybody out there, and that's why they're sitting alone at the top of the SEC standings at eight and one right now. Mississippi State was just you – know, you talk about Max. We said it before we started recording. It's like, even if we got some picks wrong, we shouldn't get a lot wrong this week, um, or at least for this game slate. How we looked at the games, like it feels like a lot of games played out about as you would have expected, except for, again, maybe the, the Auburn hitting 12 threes or whatever many threes on the road probably would not have been at the top of our predictions list. But it's the same story here. It's Does Mississippi State have the offense to keep up with Alabama? No. Oh. Um is Mississippi State going to struggle with the free throw line? Yes. Yep. They did. They went 4-16 from three, 19 of 32 from the free throw line, 
that's what uh, it's impossible for me to trust Mississippi State right now, given that the free throw problems are what they are. Um, they're 307 in the country now, free throw percentage, 68%. Not that it would have mattered in this game. They could have hit all of them. They still would have lost by 15 or more. Um, they turn it over 18 times. And then it's Alabama. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous stat line. I just, I laughed at it when I saw it last night. I look at it now. I'm still laughing at it. I'm yep. like, this team shoots 48 threes in this game. They only make 15 of them, right? They only made 15 threes. So they shoot only. 31%, which is not a good percentage. That's lower than the SEC average, of course, for a team that, you know, is shooting 38% from three. And yet they still win by 32 points. I mean, they shot, I mean, look, they shot 63% from two. They made all 10 of their free throws and 20 offensive rebounds. Grant Nelson, a non-factor, essentially, offensively. Or really, I mean, because he foul trouble, right? He only played 14 minutes. They won by 32. And they almost, they scored 99. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, this team is, it's time, folks. If you if you haven't bought into South Carolina, like we said earlier, if you haven't bought into Alabama, teams like this, I don't know what you're waiting for. Like, Alabama is the favorite to win the SEC right now and find ways to stop them before, you know, Tennessee did, but I ain't seen a lot of other teams that have found ways to stop this team consistently. So it was the Jaron Stevenson game. How yeah, about his performance? Everyone loved Clowney last year, but Stevenson's not getting any love this year. He's been he's been playing really well, stretching the floor for them. He's got he's been having some good games. The, listen, I was dead wrong about this Alabama team. It's just dead wrong. I thought the defense was just not going to look. I mean, look at the defense. Yeah. They held Mississippi State 67, Georgia 76, held Auburn to 75, held South Carolina earlier to 47. I mean, this defense is good. Grant Nelson as a rim protector does not get enough credit. And I mean, they're just going to out offense you unless you're playing what at Tennessee, maybe <laughs> like the. Yeah. The, the offense just looks phenomenal. Mark Sears continues to be on his revenge tour of his national disrespect, being left off all the awards list. He's letting everyone hear it. I don't know what, what you want to say about this team, but one thing, one thing I thought was funny was I saw a few Alabama accounts on Twitter say, like, great win before our scheduled loss on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> right. The and I'm like, loss. Oh, I, I'm not so sure that <laughs> this team has played one bad game s since mid-December. We're, we're in February here. It, it's mm -hmm. same thing. If you haven't bought into South Carolina, you haven't bought into Alabama, wake up because they're for real. They are. And we will talk about that scheduled game. Uh, we won't give away our picks just yet. On Wednesday uh, at Auburn, but yeah, Alabama rolls again here in this one. So the season sweep over Mississippi State. So, all right. I know the Tennessee and Kentucky fans, you are already skipping ahead. You probably didn't even watch the first 30 minutes of this video. It's fine. <laughs> Completely understand. Um, you're here to watch this last part, and I get it. Tennessee 103, Kentucky 92. <laughs> I told you one of the reasons I picked Dalton Connect in the fantasy, which we'll get to. Don't worry. Maxwell is going to guarantee you that we get to the fantasy update before we finish this. But I said, 
this has the potential to be a high scoring game. I said, give me some Tennessee, Kentucky, you know, players just because, you know, this could be a high school. I didn't think it'd be 103 92, uh, just for the record. But all right. So we, we nailed this one, Max. Oh, yeah. And I will say, though, I don't know even if DJ Wagner had played that it would have been the difference in Kentucky winning. I still think they would have lost. Um, so I won't go as far as to say we, we got it right on that, but he would have made a difference. Uh, it's just Tennessee. <laughs> came in and let me just say like all the common themes that played out in this game that you and I have talked about, I feel like for a week's weeks now, like yeah. probably Josiah Jordan, James, <laughs> I think Chris has pointed out, well, he's not scoring. I'm like, well, he's got to shoot more. Like he, he's not getting shots. That's why he's not scoring. I pointed out, I was like, he shot three times against South Carolina, twice against Vanderbilt, three times against Alabama, four times against Florida in the, like in the last four games. Right. He shoots it a gazillion times in this game. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, he shot 18 times, makes nine of those, 26 points, a career high for him, uh, a tremendous performance from Josiah Jordan-James. And from my guy, Zakai Ziegler here, who you guys were dogging in the fantasy about how he scored negative for the first time this year. We had a guy score negative uh, after the, you know, the sloppy South Carolina game. Ziegler goes for 26 points. 13 assists Ooh. in this game. Uh, and by the way, those two guys combined to go seven of 15 from three. Tennessee hit 12 threes overall. So all the concerns about the offense outside of Dalton Connect, this was the game where Tennessee said, hang on a second. Let me just show you that we can score points outside of Dalton Connect because as we said, Ziegler and James, 26 apiece. Vescovy with 11, a do with 11. Uh, Ganey had five, Mayshack four, Awaka had four, and then of course Connect at 16 himself um start there okay before we get into the kentucky side of this because i uh, trust me there's you know there's plenty to talk about there but kentucky never led in this game tennessee leads from start to finish after their worst performance of the season offensively everybody's doubting what they can do all this other stuff they came out on a mission here got off to the huge lead early um and then just found ways to stretch it out in the second half and i mean look if you were if you were wanting to see a response from tennessee you could not have asked for a better response than the one you got in this game yeah my biggest my biggest takeaway from this game was and it's kind of just what i've been thinking and knowing i but haven't really come out and and like confidently said it in my analysis but barnes said it multiple times in his post game and and he felt like he really wanted to put an emphasis on it and almost felt like his offense was being a little bit disrespected, but he said, we play fast too. Yeah. We're a fast team. And, and then in, in a question, maybe five minutes later, he would get, it would get something else like, uh, you know, how did you prepare for Kentucky speed offensively? And, and Rick would be like, we play fast too. That's what we do. You know? Yeah. So whatever your thoughts on this, Tennessee offenses from years past wipe it out wipe it out because this team they love to run they, they didn't usually do that they love to run and they're good at it and this is a perfect matchup Alabama Kentucky Florida we're seeing Tennessee play their best basketball against these faster teams what I'll say with with Kentucky is while Yes, there's the defensive issues that everyone is worried about. Yes, there there are like there's no denying that, and that's something that this team has to get better at, no doubt. 
but not having DJ Wagner is a very big deal that you can't just like kind of push. I mean, they're 0-3, right? I mean, they're 0-3. Right, 0-3, 0-3, 0-3, 0-3, 0-3, 0-3, 0-3, 0-3 Cal said, yeah. Yeah. Cal said himself, he said, when DJ doesn't play, we don't win. And so as a, you know, as a fan and, and as a Kentucky supporter, you can say, like, it doesn't matter. We have to win at home, regardless of who's on the floor. We have to. I think it's a little bit different in this case. You just played one of the best teams in the nation, and you didn't have your most physical point guard who's going to be able to match Ziegler's physicality better than Shepard and, and Dillingham could, despite Dillingham having a great game. So, like, you got to – you have to understand that Wagner is just – Does Wagner make an 11-point difference? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But I just thought it was one of the best games of the year from an entertainment standpoint. The offense was off the charts. Shout out Jay Greason in our Bets and Ball Game series. He called this over from a mile away. was all over it. All over it. Um, But, I mean, do you have any thoughts on the the Kentucky, like, reaction? You know, where should a – this is what I want to know, Blake. If you're a Kentucky fan, where do you stand right now? Well, I mean, you know, the to play Chris's game here, the defensive efficiency is now into the the sub 100s, which uh, oh. is not going to be thrilling, and certainly it's not thrilling for me as someone who tried to stand up for Kentucky a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, so it's clearly, I mean, it's a problem. Like, there's no doubt right. about it. Uh, it's it's a problem. They're not forcing a lot of turnovers. And when you're not great defensively and you have some of the lapses that are just obvious with this team, if you don't force turnovers, right? We talked about like a Missouri from last year. Missouri was a probably a bad defensive team last year, but the, they made up for it by just forcing a lot of turnovers and right. pressuring teams and being aggressive. Um, you just don't see that with Kentucky. You don't see the same type of um, approach. And so that is concerning. Like, I think it's definitely time to, to feel like it's concerning. I, I'm not going to ignore that. Uh, even you know me trying to find everything I could for this team a couple weeks ago, but yes, the the Wagner sidelined. I mean, it's it it makes a difference, as you mentioned. I don't think it would have made a difference in terms of Kentucky winning this game, just my personal opinion. But right. you know, if you want to play the numbers, DJ Wagner averages twelve points a game. If he scores twelve, Kentucky wins by one. But we know we can't play it that way because right. that's not how games work. But right. it's just having that extra ball handler, like we said, against a team like Tennessee, but. Kentucky still still scored 92, right? It's that's the thing is they they still find ways to score points. They just got to stop somebody at this point. And um, you know, so I think right now if you're looking for trust with Kentucky, I you know, if I were a Kentucky fan, I I wouldn't I I don't know how I could trust this team probably in in these big games because you just always are waiting for that one miscommunication on defense or one guy loses man on an inbounds play and all of a sudden, you know, that swings the momentum to the other team. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's frustration point for Kentucky. Like, yeah. there's, there's definitely reasons to be frustrated and probably be more pessimistic um, than, you know, some may want to be. But, you know, the numbers are what they are. They've lost three or four now. Their only win was kind of ugly at Arkansas, who's, you know, we know where they're at. In the other games, they got – just basically bullied against South Carolina. They couldn't stop Florida. They couldn't stop Tennessee. Uh, and yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of sitting in a spot where they're 15 and six now. They're five and four in the SEC. 
not even a factor in the title race right now and probably won't be. Uh, but you know, I just, it's hard to believe they're three games back of Alabama. How, how are they going to make up that ground? I don't see this team necessarily doing that right now based on the way things are set up, but it's still possible. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, Cal clearly frustrated. What is it? He didn't do the post game radio, radio thing or whatever. So, which I know is another <laughs> point that Kentucky fans are not going to love, but uh yeah frustration all the way around for kentucky uh and you know their upcoming schedule at vanderbilt home against the zags next saturday non-conference game um so you know there's plenty of time to make up for it from a win standpoint but the bigger question is can they make up for their problems to the point to where they are a team that's going to advance multiple rounds in the ncaa tournament Right now, if we're just saying, you know, based on talent, you're, you're still going to have that maybe, but performance, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's certainly fair to, to question it right now, um, even for this team at full strength, because I think there are some clear issues that, like I said, maybe I was willing to ignore given the offensive capabilities. But now that you're seeing them against the better teams like South Carolina, like Tennessee, um, you know, Florida's gotten better some of those problems are glaring and they're costing them wins. So, yeah, you know how we like to kind of, we don't group them together, but they're kind of similar in the way that their offenses play fast paced and they have a lot of shooters where where we kind of talk about like Kentucky, Alabama, maybe Florida in the kind of same general area. We've been seeing this Alabama defense slowly get better and better. Whereas Kentucky has yeah. been gotten slowly worse. It's just kind of the op. It's kind of tr- yeah. teams trending in the opposite direction. If if you get what yeah. I'm trying to say there, yeah, we were talking about them as the same kind of teams a couple of weeks ago because their numbers yeah. weren't that far off, right? Offensively or defensively. Now, as you said, Alabama's getting better, Kentucky's getting worse. There's clear yeah. separation there on the defensive side. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if Cal can push the right buttons. But Kentucky fans have every right to be frustrated as they should. Hopefully they get DJ Wagner back soon enough because they do need to be at full strength, I think, uh, to feel pretty good about themselves. And again, when you look at a game like this, Trey Mitchell doesn't score. Um, he's having a tough stretch. Yeah, right. And as I, I called him Mr. Reliable coming into the week. I'm like, he's on my <laughs> fantasy team every week. And this week he had the worst week he's had all season. So, and, and I, something else, remember, I, I said it probably last week or something. If Kentucky's going to win big games against good teams, it doesn't matter who they play against. Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell are both going to have to produce. And Trey Mitchell did not in this game. Reeves had 21, did fine. But it's got to be both of them because I just think, you know, again, they they still have freshmen. Freshmen are going to make freshman-type plays. And I know we haven't brought up Rob Dillingham. It's not purposeful. But, yes, he scored 35. He did everything he could, right? I mean, he, he was fantastic. Uh, you know, they hit 12 threes. He hit six of them. Uh, and, like I said, it's not – we're just kind of been looking at the overall picture here. Certainly we're not ignoring what Rob Dillingham did because he kind of had to put him on his back at times and just say, yeah. Hey, let's, let's do whatever. And, you know, he made up big shots late and stuff to at least, you know, keep the score closer. But um, yeah. So, but, but that's what we say. I mean, it's having that Dillingham Wagner shepherd combo like that's, that's huge for this team. Um, and hopefully get Wagner back soon because, you know, that's that's someone they got to have at full strength. They have to have their team at full strength. Even as talented as they are, 
they got to have their team at full strength to be able to, you know, make moves in the NCAA tournament. But huge win for Tennessee and the Vols. Um, yeah, I mean, they the Vols look like the team that we said, the older type team that responds to the to the adversity, all those things. They did that here. Uh, and I think if you're a Tennessee fan, remember what they did at Georgia after the Mississippi State loss. They came back, you know, trailing, thought they were going to lose that game, found a way to win. Come back after the worst game of the season against South Carolina, put up 103 at Kentucky. You feel pretty good, I think, if you're Rick Barnes after that. So, well, Blake, all right. Um, real quick before we move on, yeah, you're talking about a, a Tennessee response. Rick Barnes said that he he personally challenged Ziegler this week. Said he said he in practice this week challenged Ziegler. Said you got to change your demeanor. You gotta you gotta own this team and, and play like you own it. And said that he's one of the best point guards in the country, and he, and he played like it. If I'll tell you this, if Tennessee's getting that Ziegler, if that's what they're getting consistently on the road, watch out. You know what I think he told him? I think he told him what you guys were saying about him in the fantasy video. I think that's what he told him. Hey, if my job is to provide fuel for these guys to put on performances, I'll do it. I'll keep doing it. I think that's what I told him. Speaking of. Oh, boy. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get this out of the way. For, let's just let's just get this out of the way. Come on. All right. Let's go. So Max gets his first win of the fantasy season, as we can all tell at this point. Okay. As we can all tell. Whoever gets the first pick is winning every single week. Three and zero right now. If you get the first pick, that's the only the only comparison is if you get the first pick, you're winning. All right, it has nothing to do with strategy, nothing else. We'll get Chris's excuses on the power rankings video or live stream tonight. We're live streaming tonight at eight p.m. Central. Everyone, put it in your calendar right now. Set a reminder. You can also go to our YouTube channel. The video is up. So all you have to do is hit that button, set your notification. And we're going live tonight with our midseason awards. And I'm sure Chris will weigh in on why his team lost. But I'm not going to do that with my team here. I'm going to focus on the positives, Max. Zakai Ziegler with 65 points. I'm, it has to be a single-game record. This that's year, that's our single-game record. Yeah. So I'm only focusing on that. I'm not focusing on the number before that. I'm only focusing on the 65 he got against Kentucky. Jalen Williams, I told you guys, have a bounce-back week. He did sort of. Um Dalton Connect, his lowest scoring week of the season, I have to assume. Yep. You know, only got 62 combined. We mentioned Trey Mitchell. Alan Flanagan didn't quite hit the level I thought he would. Um, He's got a good floor, though. But I just want to say, I picked last, okay? Yes, That's did. all I want to say. I picked last. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, we've got a new record high. Um, oh, dear. 377. I told my team, I, I listen, I told my guys, I said, call off the dogs, call them off. We're not, we're not putting a 400 bomb on them. Call off the dogs. So we could have, I just want to put that out there. We could have stayed on the embarrassing. Jani Broom with 110. That is a season high for a week total. Um, Zion pulling last, my fifth pick. Just what a, just mm, tip, mm, tip your cap to the GM there for the draft, uh, the draft. Uh, what do you want to call it? Scouting. Um, Mark Sears with 95, though. That's a huge total. Uh, Adu only with 48 was kind of surprising. When yeah. Blake had him week one, he was like an 80-point performer. Um, coaching. That's what that is. Chris didn't coach him <laughs> up the way I did. Um, but, yeah, 
great week. Great week from my team. Na- I named my team Desperation Mode this week. Yeah. And uh, they they pulled through. Guys, if you want to follow along, follow us on Twitter at, at 14 Southeastern. And even you can do what, what Chris's son does and, and draft your own team and, and compare and, yeah. and, and play with us and whatnot. We This is probably my favorite thing that we do, honestly. I, I love doing this stuff and following along. So we're having a good time with it. Um, if you want to play along too, more than welcome to. You you love it a lot more this week than you did last week and the week before. So, <laughs> well, listen. What happens when you win? Listen, I we're just want to give you guys some confidence, and you're gonna just start seeing the gold stars rack up next to my name. Yeah, I don't know about that because I think I should get the first pick this next week. We'll find out, but uh, whoever gets the first pick is clearly the winner. So we gotta we gotta come up with something where it's there's not as obvious of an advantage for the first pick. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll All see. right. Like Max said, follow us on Twitter at 14 Southeastern. Just flip it. Not Southeastern 14 at 14 Southeastern. Um, and uh, yeah, remember the live stream tonight. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. Tonight. Our midseason SEC awards. We're going to give you our picks. Player of the year, coach of the year, freshman of the year, most underrated. We're going to do some bowl predictions, maybe some other fun stuff. So joining us tonight, uh, remember, go to the main page on the channel. The video's there. Hit that button that says set your notification. Uh, and join us 8 p.m. Central tonight here on the channel. Uh, And again, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. Always appreciate you guys watching, and uh, we'll talk to you again here soon at Southeastern 14.